on behalf of Rackspace and Kerasoft, we would like to welcome you to today's podcast, focused around growing your government business faster, where Lorenzo Winfrey and Mike Epps, Senior Product Managers at Rackspace Technology, will discuss how to achieve FedRAMP and add value to your solutions quicker, cheaper, and easier. Thank you so much, Sierra. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today uh, for our Rackspace Tech Chat hosted by Kerasoft. My name is Leslie Rogers, and I am the Public Sector Marketing Manager at Rackspace Technology, and I'll be moderating today's discussion. Let me introduce you to our speakers. Uh, with us today from Rackspace, we have Mike Epps, one of our Rackspace Government Solutions Senior Account Executives, the federal cloud guy, and our resident reverend of cloud, who has worked across the federal sector with companies like Dell and DLT to create and execute federal cloud strategies. He holds AWS and Azure certifications and has the extraordinary ability to get anyone and everyone excited to talk about all things cloud. And we also have with us today, Lorenzo Winfrey, a senior product manager for Rackspace Government Solutions with the amazing talent of making a product discussion totally not boring. He's an AWS community builder and a 13-year defense intelligence agency veteran where he led the cloud broker team comprised of 30 personnel responsible for setting project priorities, program management, and managing commitment of sponsors, stakeholders, and resources in the successful migration of 50 software applications to the AWS cloud over a two-year period. His team's work represented an impressive 222% growth in DIA's cloud footprint, improved application performance, and availability across the enterprise. So basically, this is the guy you all wanted to sell your solutions to. So he really understands both sides. And once again, we encourage you to drop your questions in the chat as we go. So just to set the stage for you, remind you why you're here, with Bloomberg estimating the federal government cloud spending will reach $8.5 billion by fiscal year 2023, cloud solution providers, that is you, all have an incredible incredible opportunity right now for substantial growth in the government space. But with a traditionally cumbersome and expensive federal ATO process, as we all know, how can you fast track your ATO process and position your business for success? That's what we're here to discuss today. So I thought we'd get started with our conversation with really setting the stage around FedRAMP and why it's so important and also why it's so challenging. So here we go. A lot of agencies look at FedRAMP and its security controls at low, medium, and high levels as an end game for cloud solutions, or the ceiling rather than the floor. And that's not really the case. So, Michael Lorenzo, can you guys talk a little bit about the importance of FedRAMP as the foundation for cloud service offerings and why it doesn't just end there? So, uh, Zoe, we'll go ahead and get started with you. Excellent, excellent. So, so definitely, I think that's a, a great question. And as you see what, you know, what the federal government is trying to do with FedRAMP and trying to kind of turn it into that this foundation for where they want to see a cloud and kind of SaaS solutions going uh, and make sure that we can access those things in a, in a secure manner. From, from my time in the government, I think that while the government is sometimes slow in adoption, they always get there. Right. And so this is kind of one of those things, one of those transitions, one of those major transitions where uh, if you're a organization that's selling to the government, you don't want to be on the wrong side of this curve, right? So they may be a little slower in adopting the commercial, but they will get there. They will uh, shrink the footprint in terms of their on-premise part of their portfolio, uh, and they will be looking to shift that to the cloud. Uh, that, you know, has been a major push going on. I think everybody knows now for maybe five, uh, seven years now. 
and so I think you want to definitely be there uh, on the front side of this wave to be able to shape the conversation uh, and to be able to kind of help the government understand uh, the value of, of you know your solution sets. The most prized possession that that our government has is, is that data, and so as the train starts to leave the station and as we start to move down this path to cloud. As Lorenzo says, we may not be there, but guaranteed we're going to get there. And so this idea of standardizing that security posture, that security profile is not only a good thing, it's, it's a must. And so for, for our ISVs or for our commercial companies that are looking to get into this government space, it's one of those things where, and it's why, why, why we exist as Rackspace, is, is how do we help them get on board to this train and start to create that security posture? Because not only is, are there a lot of security that's, it's called out today, it's where we're going, right? So it's not where the puck is today, but where it's headed. And so FedRAMP, it's a process, it's not a destination. And so we believe in security, we've built our platform around security, but not with security today in mind, security is where the federal government's going as well. So our next question, which is a little bit of a follow-on to the first question. So even if FedRAMP is codified into law this time, which there's been a lot of talk about that and, and process there, do you think there really are going to be major reforms of the program or probably not going to shift a lot? Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I think the law that's being positioned now is, is good. I think there are some things that we would obviously like to, we could hope for uh, as a building block. Uh, reciprocity is not necessarily a part of this, and so which drives all the more that our our commercial partners want to really prepare for this because it's not a true do once and repeat because it's not reciprocal across agencies just yet that we want to kind of prepare our security posture a little bit broader if you will and so even though i think that the law is good it's not where we're going to go it's not where we're, it's our final destination let's say that so do you have anything to add to that one yeah no i mean i definitely agree right i mean the government uh, when it comes down to it, uh, in terms of the rules and regulations, um, you know, a lot of times they are, they like the way they do things, right? So there, I think there's a lot of statistics. I think there was a report a couple of years ago about uh, how much of the portfolio today uh, where agencies are leveraging cloud services that aren't aren't authorized, right? And so as that starts to become more codified and more clear, you just got to believe that that's going to help drive agencies to adopt FedRAMP more broadly. And as you have this kind of transition and change in the guard, uh, across the government as well, they're going to want to see the same things that they see in the commercial space, in the government space, uh, which is one of the things that I made a big focus on is, is why can't we do it the same way? Uh, and so I think that you're just going to continue to see that trend over the next few years. So every year we see that there's a greater emphasis on moving to the cloud and adopting cloud solutions and applications. So why is now any different from in the past? And why is it even more important for cloud solution providers to find ways to accelerate getting their solutions fed ramps. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that one. So obviously COVID has really expedited a lot of this, right? There's a lot of need, A, to, to consume these cloud resources. Budgets are aligning to that, but even cloud budgets are increasing. And so this push and this drive for cloud is bigger, better, and more advanced than it's ever been. And so that starts with the obvious. The other two I think that are important, and they're just kind of the obvious things, if you're a commercial vendor, an ISV wanting to sell the government, there's two things that you probably care about the most. It is the mission, because it's somewhere we hope that inside us we care about this mission the government, but it's also about money, right? And so there's an opportunity and a market that has not fully been, been locked into yet, and we'll talk a little bit about it later, but 
230, 218 platforms or softwares out of the 12,000 that are there, there's a great opportunity to impact mission and to be able to impact money, if you will. Agree, Mike. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously COVID uh, has been a major driver. Um, but the interesting thing about that, I think, is, you know, there have been folks throughout the community and in agencies making the argument that we can do things differently than they've ever been done before. And, you know, there's there was there was hesitancy uh, there. And I think COVID has forced a lot of those kind of ideas uh, to come to fruition. And what have they learned? They've learned that it's true. They've learned that they can be more agile, that they can be more mobile uh, and they can deliver solutions that uh, not only are able to meet mission needs, but are able to leverage the latest technology. I think that cat is is out of the bag. And so I think now you're going to see more and more uh, of that in, in, in trying to get that value, right? Because, you know, as Mike mentioned, you know, ultimately it's about the mission, right? It's about delivering solutions and support of the mission uh, in a way that is both economical uh, and that in a, way, in a way that allows organizations and agencies to lean forward. And cloud solutions are, are what's going to do that. And making those solutions more broadly available in a way that uh, agencies understand that they've been vetted from a security perspective, which is always, uh, you know, a major, major concern during that. You know, that's one of the things that the Run program does. I think it's going to make it much easier uh, to transition those solutions into the government uh, and then from there kind of uh, expand out adoption. And then kind of that second thing, and, and I don't want to miss it, is, is there is absolutely a, a changing of the guard as far as decision makers in the government. They're getting younger. Right. They've grown up with a lot of these solutions and they want to drive that same innovation and technology that they see at home and that they've grown up using into the government space. Great answer. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about the journey. So FedRAMP has traditionally been a very long, very expensive and often painful process. I've been through it with companies and, you know, I, I think a lot of people here have had experience with it. But, uh, you know, especially for smaller companies who may have an incredible solution that government could really benefit from, but don't have the resources to invest in FedRAMP. I'm going to kind of walk through a series of questions, ask you to walk us through an overview of the process, some of the major challenges that you've seen over the years. And then let's talk strategy and how Rackspace services and solutions can help cloud solution providers address those challenges. And I definitely don't want to forget the benefits. Like when we promoted this tech track, we really talked about some specifics, like saving up to 70% monthly operational savings and achieving FedRAMP readiness in as little as weeks to months. So I definitely want to make sure we're getting to the good stuff. So let's start with the 10,000 foot view of the process. Where does it start? And what are the most common things that are overlooked or mistakes that are commonly made during the start? The big blockers that ultimately impact the entire process. Uh, Mike, let's go ahead and start with you. Yeah, good, good question. First of all, I'll say I think the PMO office has done a really good job of educating our community on what FedRAMP is, the process. There's a lot of documentation on the on the PMO office. But with all that said, in my experience, what I've seen is that oftentimes the mission is important, and we believe that people care about the mission, but they start to see the money. And they start to see this massive business opportunity and their eyes get really big and they get super excited and they go to their CFO and they say, hey, all this business, we went to the marketplace, there's no other competitor, we want to go out to this market. And they say, yeah, let's do it. And they jump into it. And that's where the mistakes kind of start with this big eye. They show up and they go, hey, we're ready to do FedRAMP. What's it going to cost? And by the way, I've got an RFQ that's due in two days. And said, so, well, everybody, everybody puts the pause button on it and says, well, 
we've not even done what we would call a baseline assessment. Oh, don't worry about the baseline assessment. Oftentimes, we've been building this application. It's super secure. And so we feel really good the government's going to, to accept this. And it's cute, right? And, and all babies are cute. And you don't say that babies are ugly. But hey, your baby's got a mole somewhere that is obvious to everybody but you. And so what we see oftentimes is that for everybody to pump the brakes, there's, there's a path forward that's going to get us there. And it's going to save us a lot of headache. Make no assumptions. And let's do, and, and Rackspace offers this, a baseline readiness assessment to start to look at the big showstoppers. Let's look at the tooling that you have. Let's start to look at the level of effort it's going to require. Let's look at your own internal cost. Let's help build this business case that understands not just can I get there, how much was it going to cost me, how quick can I do it, what's the level of effort, who in my organization needs to be bought in, and, and then kind of, kind of scale out from there. Lorenzo? I think you hit on something there, Mike, in terms of alignment across the organization. We see this a lot and it happens, you know, it just kind of sometimes happens organically. Sometimes there's a change in organization, uh, but you get out of alignment from organizational perspective. Right. And so the business case has been made uh, and you just find that at a tactical level, uh, you're just a little bit out of alignment at the at the decision level. uh, And that causes things to spin. So we think it's very important to build that strong, build a strong business case and to confirm that you have alignment across your organization that that fed ramping uh, and and these high levels of compliance is something that you want to pursue. I think we also see a lot of times that organizations just significantly underestimate the amount of documentation that is required. Um, You know, it's just I mean, there's just a ton of documentation that has to be done and whether that is just kind of how the system works, how the interconnections uh, operate, you know, just all of these kind of things. Uh, and I think that in addition to the things that organizations are often already doing, they definitely under underestimate the additional workload. Of course, that's something that, that uh, we help with, um, but that's definitely something that is a major. I mean, you're talking, you're talking, you know, nearly 1500 pages of documentation in the weeds detail about how your application uh, or solution operates, how it communicates, encryption, that you know, all these details uh, that a lot of times just gets taken for granted. We definitely also see that kind of lack of in-house expertise, right? So a lot of times you you think that, hey, well, you know, we've got a team that, that does this, right? But, uh, you know, it's kind of that initial question about this is kind of a uh, marathon, right? So, you know, that continuous monitoring component, right? You know, do you have a robust organization uh, that is going to be available to actively manage all of the requirements related to the FedRAMP program on a 24-7, 365 basis. You know, just like I said, make sure that you're well postured to do that. So uh, it's definitely a number of things that uh, we've seen customers run into uh, and, and it slow them down. And, and that's one of those things that we, we look to specialize in helping uh, customers avoid. And Lorenzo, I think you said it, but one of the one of those big gaps is this lack of in-house expertise, right? Because most of our partners are really good at their mission, at their business, for their application, and they know it really well. But there's a whole nother, and, and they've written wonderful code, and it works flawlessly, but there's a whole nother set of in-house people you need to creating policies and procedures that maybe otherwise wouldn't be associated with a, a commercial uh, partner that we would see with our government um, agency. That's a, a great point that both of you just brought up, because uh, I've been through that process with a company, two years, $2 million, but the commercial side just didn't understand that every I had to be dotted and T had to be crossed and there's no shortcut around it. And so we had paperwork constantly coming back. 
So those points are, are incredible because I think we all know what it's like to, you know, kind of you have the commercial side and they may not really understand that this all has to happen a certain way, right, in government. Right. Well, listen, time is money. And so even if you account for the tool sets and the actual cost of the physical hardware or whatever, time is still money. And so having to, like you just said, go back and rewrite documentation or retool things multiple times not only delays your time to value, but it, you know, and it delays the entire project. And so getting that right from the beginning, I, I'm convinced is the most, and I'm not going to go say the most important factor, but it's the most important place where we begin. Awesome. All right. So what is the thing that takes the most time and effort? It's, it's a long process, right? But having been through this, what is the thing that takes the most time and effort? What's the hardest thing to account for when you look at time, effort, cost, and, you know, what is really driving that in that process? Uh, Zoe, why don't we go ahead and, and go over to you to get started this time? Definitely, definitely. I think that you, you got to come out of the gate in the whole kind of security and compliance uh, component of it. Uh, it is a massive, massive undertaking. Uh, and it's definitely one of those things that is very difficult to kind of really account for, like you talked about, Leslie, until you really get into it, right? Until you start to dig into, particularly from a, and I suppose this is a good component, right, is, you know, FedRAMP is, you know, the, the whole op, the whole program and the compliance of the program is built around the concept of controls, right? So so these security frame, you know, these security frameworks uh, that uh, your application or solution has to meet and you have to be able to describe how, how your solution uh, meets each one of these controls in a, in a particular way at a very detailed level. It's a little bit uh, deceptive because uh, a single control uh, is actually multiple controls because they have to be applied across your entire stack. So a perfect example is this right there. There's multiple password complexity requirements, password uh, type of requirements. Uh, and so that requirement has to be implemented at the network level. Right. It has to be implemented uh, at the application level, at the database level. So you're taking one control but it has impact across multiple levels of the stack. And so now you're having to coordinate with multiple teams, right? So now you got this initial team that is actually leading uh, the favor of authorization process, but now you got to get your network guys in the room. You got to get your storage guys in the room, right? You got to get all the guys in the room and say, hey, any of the infrastructure related to our FedRAMP authorization has to be configured in this way. And so it just turns into this bigger and bigger kind of undertaking. And I think that's one of the main things that uh, we see where it, you know customers underestimate that lift and the level of coordination that has to happen, uh, and you know, particularly with some of the larger, more complex uh, solutions. Yeah, I, I want to almost even back up and say it again. Uh, you know, a lot of folks will come to us and go, "Well, why do I need Rackspace?" And we'll talk about that because I have AWS and AWS is FedRAMP certified, and and I take them to this real simple statement in within your 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 baseline AWS training is. AWS makes a statement, we secure the cloud. You secure in the cloud, which says the thing you're going to build, your application, you're going to build it on something, you are responsible for securing that boundary. And, and it's that boundary which is the thing that people often misunderstand. Where is that boundary? Where are my responsibilities? And how does that work? And so Rackspace kind of steps in and we say, look, if you were to kind of step up, sorry about that, if you were to step up and you say, look, you can inherit your AWS infrastructure and you can layer application and AWS is good at what they do and you're good at what you do. But what about all the security that happens, has to happen in the middle? 
one of the hard things that people underestimate is, and, and, and most of our guys, our partners, understand data center, but the complexity, like Lorenzo talked about, of just password authentication and how it has to work itself all the way up through the stack to all parties involved, you know, your ITSM integrations, right, all your patching and your update and all that. And so there's this gap between this great, unbelievable infrastructure and your unbelievable, really good application with a great mission. There's a gap. And so with Rackspace, we say, look, that's the thing that we solve for, and that's the thing that, that we, we help simplify your life for. So when you come to Rackspace, you say, look, what are the biggest things people, mistakes they make? I'll just say, I think one of the largest mistakes they make is try to build it themselves. It, not only is it complex, it's super expensive. And so for us, within that little red zone there, becomes the majority of the showstoppers. The majority of the showstoppers that people struggle with exist within that zone that Rackspace, quite frankly, has pre-built out and can provide at scale. So, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think you hit the nail on the head there. Mike, I always talk about, you know, anytime I'm in a conversation with a customer, I always talk about core competencies. You know, this is a thing back when we were in, in the government, we talked about a lot. It's like, what do I really do really well? And what functions are kind of tertiary to that? And how do we do more? And this is actually a driver about cloud adoption across the government, right? So I think it's, it's very apropos here, right? Is allowing the customer, right? Allowing people who build great software, build great solutions to focus on their core competency, which is doing that. And the rest of the things are not necessarily things that are in their core competency. They're just things that they have to do to deliver their core competency. And so we say at Rackspace, hey, those things, right? The common, the, the, the infrastructure management, right? The continuous monitoring, all those things are in our core competency. Uh, and so we allow our customers to focus on building the best solutions, right? That they possibly can uh, delivering, you know, that, that, that high level of customer experience to the customer. Uh, and we take care of kind of all those things we kind of see here in the slide, all those things down from the virtual OS down that are just things that you need to do to do the thing that you really want to do. So we, we, we definitely want to let our customers focus on their core competency, delivering great solutions and not have to worry about anything else and, and kind of transfer the risk related to all those components uh, you see there over the rack space and let us take care of it. I love what you said. This could almost be a checklist of core competencies. In other words, if, if one of our partners said, I'm not sure if I should build it. If I should buy it or some hybrid approach, great. Here's a baseline assessment you could take. Say, what's my core competencies? You know, do I truly want to tell my son, hey, I know it's your birthday, but I've got a major patching I've got to go deal with, or do you want Rackspace to deal with that? And you get to really get family time back. But seriously, though, you, you get to go through that list and say, look, the thing that probably matters the most, and the reason people went uh, started going to AWS and why it's been so successful is because they developed a core competency. And they could guarantee certain uh, certain SLAs. And so people said, well, that, well, go with that. And what, what Rackspace has done, he said, look, we've taken that security and management compliance layer, and we've offered it to you as our core competency. So you only have to worry about what's happening at that top layer, which is your core competency. So in addition to helping the cloud service providers who are just starting this journey, never been on it before, going through the process for the first time. What about, there are a lot of other cloud service providers out there that have maybe, you know, been on this journey and, you know, have been thwarted in their efforts. They've fallen into some of those pitfalls. They need a restart, but they're like, I don't need to go back to square one. So, you know, how do you advise people who are like starting from the beginning, but also those people who maybe don't have to go straight from the beginning, go all the way back from the beginning, but have some things and, you know, they just need to kind of get back on the path. 
Zoe, why don't we go ahead and start with you on that one? Great question. And I, I think this actually goes back to something Mike said uh, a little bit earlier about, you know, one of the common mistakes that, you know, we see is, right, really doing it yourself, right? And so I think one of the things that we definitely want to do is, is, is to leverage an MSP, you know, like Rackspace to help do those things, right? So, you know, the fact that we're authorized ourselves mean we're familiar with the process. We go through it every every year ourselves. Um, so, we're, you know, we're not telling you things that we don't know about, right? We we run this race, we run this marathon, and we're here to help you get in shape and help you run that marathon as well and make sure that you get across the finish line. So I definitely think if you've been through the process, if you if you feel like you're stuck, or if you've been uh, through the process uh, before and, and, and it didn't quite work out, I think leveraging MSP is a is a, a thing that you can do to significantly increase your probability of uh, success because now you have a, a third party who is interested and committed to your to your success. Right now, we want to get you over that. We want to get you over that hump. We want to get you uh, over that kind of finish line. And so now you have the resources of both your organization uh, and that organization to help you do all the things uh, that you need to do. Uh, you know, in terms of being able to get authorized and, and to make it. Uh, and so by doing that kind of goes back to the point we made previously as well about that allows you to then lean into your core competency. Right. The things that you do the best when you know that you have a partner on the other side of that that is handling those things that are outside of your core competency that allows you to put, put the full scope of your energy and creativity into the things that do fall within your core competency, uh, which I think is a much use, uh, much better use of your time and, and, and it will generate more value for organizations. So uh, I think that, you know, those are kind of definitely the two things that, that jump out to me uh, off the gate. What about you, Mike? Yeah, so one of the things I think about are those folks that went through the process, they got their ATO, they've got all their wounds, they understand it was difficult, but they finally got it. And they really thought we're going to go real big here and we're going to start adding. And then for whatever reason, the business didn't come or just didn't come just yet. But yet they've got these massive year-over-year costs. You know, they you know you look at the 24 by 7, 365 support and all the conmon that comes along with all that, they're absorbing that for that one contract. And the CFO is knocking on the door going, you remember that big, big business that you built? Well, it's not there, and I'm having to write big checks. And so you get you, Rackspace gets to still become a, a unique partner. It says, look, we, we take what we've done. We've got multiple ATOs. I think we're up to 17 now. And so we're able to take what we've done. You can leverage that. We can replicate that on your behalf. And so all those costs that you had to build for you and by you, you now get to offload. And so we get to kind of pick up where you're at today. And then take take the ball and run it to where you're headed tomorrow. Great. All right. Now we're going to get into it. Right. Uh, can you talk specifically about Rackspace Government Cloud Solutions and Managed Security Services, how they help accelerate the federal ATO process and those main benefits? So, Mike, we're going to go ahead and start with you on this one. Well, you know, I, I feel like that kind of does tell into to what. Zoe and I've been talking about, and so at the risk of repeating ourselves, I really think our, our process is fine-tuned. And I'll just say, from the very beginning, from a partnership of saying, look, we've seen enough of the same mistakes, the mistakes that PMO Office has seen, and then the mistakes that we've seen our own. Let us partner with you, and let us help you do that assessment. Let us help walk you through a little bit slower. I can show you at the at the the risk of being uh, oversellsy that we we have a developed true process. And a, and a developed group of partners that help us kind of manage through this. And, and I'll just say soup to nuts from your first uh, gap assessment to workshops to help educate you on that all the way through an environment that comes with documentation, already has ATOs. 
um, that you can inherit to really expedite. So in four steps, we expedite what is an 18-month-plus process to not, to not just help you, you go get you audit ready, but we provide you all that you need to be audit ready. Zoe? You know, coming out of the government space, uh, I think the one of the, you know, big things is, um, you know, we used to have, I think, a former CIO in, in, in Intel, you know, and, and he's talk about, you know, the concept of um, of kind of uh, do once, use many, right? Um, you know, efficiency component. And so that's when we start talking about controls inheritance, which uh, is definitely a major, major uh, benefit here. Uh, and, and a foundational component of kind of the fair round approach, you know, in and of itself, right? So when it comes to those controls, that 325 controls, you have to meet at the moderate level uh, and, you know, 400 plus that you have to meet uh, at the high level, you can either be responsible for all of them uh, and have to kind of, you know, build that whole kind of business case and, and infrastructure up from the ground up, or uh, you can uh, work with a partner uh, and you can inherit those controls and so when we talk about inheritance because i think this is like a, a thing that isn't really talked about enough it, it almost seems too good to be true but it actually is right and so when you talked about that chart that kind of that other you know 80 percent uh, of things that you're responsible for right so if you're on top of aws and they're doing their thing uh, and they're, they're allowing you to inherit the controls uh, at the physical data center level uh and those other 80 that other 80 percent of controls right so those passwords encryption you know all these different kind of things um controls inheritance allows you to to say that hey if you're on a a managed uh, service provider solution such as ours uh you're you can literally you know check a box and say we're inheriting that from rat space and you know that's that right because we've already been authorized we've already been assessed to take care of, of that particular component uh when it's time for your assessment uh you know it's out of scope, right? They don't they don't have to look at that, that stuff because say, hey, Rackspace is authorized. That's taken care of. We're just going to focus down on this kind of 20, you know, this this, this smaller layer uh, of things that uh, you're actually responsible for. And I think that that cannot be understated in terms of the amount of value that generates in terms of time to market. Uh, so that's just things that you, you don't have to be assessed against, uh, which will help you get there uh, faster from that perspective. Uh, and then from the cost, right? So the cost of being compliant with those controls, right? Uh, Rackspace has already made those investments, right? Uh, uh, another service provider has already made those investments. Uh, so now you're able to jump on top of that, piggyback on top of that, and then use that to accelerate your go to market, which I think is uh, you know, really important. Uh, and then another thing I uh, definitely wanna make sure I mention is that beautiful part about this approach is that as uh, the managed service provider kind of moves up that stack of compliance, Right. So whether you're talking about different levels of Fed ramp, uh, whether you're talking about DOD SRG impact level, right? As we move up that stack, our customers are able to basically make, you know, use that same benefit of inheritance to say, hey, we're already on a compliance solution here, which reduces the scope of things that we now need to be compliant with for us to achieve that same level of higher authorization as well, which I think is a major value add. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I look at like like this. this the same thing that, that our software partners are wanting to do is provide their software as a service. We've done that a little bit at a, at a lower uh, down the stack, and we're providing FedRAMP as a service. We're providing managed security and compliance as a service. And so the thing you're trying to do to make their life easier so they don't have to onboard an application on-prem, don't have to manage the application on-prem and all the security associated with that, we're providing the software vendor the same thing. We're saying, look, we're going to provide you all that you need for your FedRAMP not just the code for you to go do it yourself, not just some document that, right, that you could, you have to go tweak. We're going to provide you 80% of that, 
all done for you, all risk managed for you, all compliance managed for you, all of that coming with the majority of that 1,500-page document that is super detailed and, and that, that your 3PAO will be super uh, detailed about um, doing. The other thing, and I'll, you know, kind of the shameless plug of this is, it's, and I think it's super important to this, we've done all of that, and, and I'm going to make a statement that, that it's, it's free to be challenged, and, and I'm free to be wrong. So let's make sure that we have that. But as far as I'm concerned, commercially available, there is no other AWS or VMware, and that's the two flavors we built this on, commercially available FedRAMP managed secured environment. Right, so you've got a great FedRAMP AWS environment that exists out there, but it doesn't mean that it's managed. We go back to the gap. We filled that gap, wrapped a boundary around it that you get to take advantage of, leading us to be the only AWS commercially available FedRAMP managed complied um, environment. You mentioned in AWS, right? So, so Raspberry Government Cloud on, on AWS, uh, and, and of course we have our, our private cloud option. Um, but that kind of piggybacks into an, another component, which is um, as part of our AWS solution, uh, we also have uh, a solution. I think we're in the middle of, of kind of changing a little bit, but uh, it's called Rackspace Teams for AWS. The thing that is super unique here is yeah. so in the government, right, when I was uh, running our cloud broker team and, and we were trying to migrate ourselves to, to cloud from our, our on-premise data center and kind of wind that thing down, the big challenge became having the talent. Like, do I have the actual talent, the actual expertise, people familiar with the technology that will allow me to actually do this in an effective manner uh, and, and in a reasonable amount of time? Uh, and in the government, uh, with kind of all the the the, the, the hurdles uh, to that, uh, you know, it, it definitely was not an easy thing. Uh, and so te what Teams does is it gives you access to a pod of uh, rackers, right? So cloud architect, uh, cloud engineers, Folks that have world-class expertise uh, when it comes to building uh, solutions in the cloud, uh, and it puts them at your disposal. So if you're an organization that uh, either feels like you don't have, uh, you know, you, you want to do it, but you feel like, hey, we, we maybe don't have that expertise, that level of expertise in, in AWS, uh, then that's something that we can combine here uh, to help you do that at a world-class level and in a, a compliant manner to help you get authorized. So I think that that's definitely uh, another huge benefit. And just to kind of wrap all this up, uh, Leslie, one of the things that we just launched in AWS Marketplace is a baseline configuration. When you go back and you look at it, and we kind of talk about those big showstoppers, having this baseline configuration, so we built that. Zoe was a part of building that and getting that on there. I just think it's super important for even people to say, what is this rack space thing, right, and, and how does this whole thing work? You can even start to test drive some of the products we have in the marketplace today with our baseline configuration. Zoe, do you want to share a little bit more about that? Ah, definitely. That's an excellent, excellent point, Mike. Uh, so Rackspace Government Cloud Secure Configuration Baseline, uh, we actually launched that into the AWS marketplace this week. Uh, we have uh, flavors uh, in for Windows 2016, 2019, uh, and uh, Rail 7. And uh, we've basically gone in, it's based on the same infrastructure and same kind of paradigm that we've built our existing operating system baselines on that we use in our FedRAMP environment today. Uh, and uh, anybody who's ever had the Stiga image knows that it is no fun. You know, there's just a lot of just nuance to it. I, I should tell my guys that did it for me. It's an art. Uh, and we've taken that art and we've uh, wrapped it up for you and dropped it into a nice little package yep. in AWS Marketplace that you can definitely spin up uh, and, and try for yourself and, uh, uh, and kind of, you know, see 
you know, the, what we're doing in that space and, 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 and kind of see the value that we're generating there. So we're, we're super excited about it and, uh, you know, hope everybody will check it out. We know that ATO is not the end of the journey as much as everyone would like that to be. Can you talk about what ISVs can expect post-ATO with Rockspace? Uh, Zoe, why don't we go over to you to get this one started? So this is one that really excites me. You know, like I said, coming out of the government and having different teams supporting you. One thing that attracted me to Rackspace and attracted me to, to, to you know, that really made me appreciate uh, our solution set is, you know, kind of that metaphor I used before, right? So, you know, it's not necessarily a sprint, it's a marathon, right? Fed ramp compliance is a marathon. You have to do what you need to do to prepare for it. You have to get compliant and then you have to stay compliant. And one of the things that I think really separates Ratspace is our ability to stick with you throughout that entire journey. You know, when, when it's in terms of consultation and advisory on the front end and in terms of helping you solve, you know, and work through any of those technical uh, issues that might occur during the actual build out and authorization process itself. And then after that, uh, we stay with you. Right. We help you stay authorized. We're, we're constantly available to you uh, to provide that consultation, that advisory to help make sure that your solution is leveraging the latest technologies and doing that in a way that uh, is going to be compliant. You know, we also, as we expand our existing solutions, we're also there with you, right, to push you and make sure that you're aware of the latest uh, technology and the latest changes in technology to, to understand kind of how that fits into your solution. So I think that that's one of those big things is that that we're there, you know, we will be there. Uh, and then, of course, we're going through that process uh, ourselves every year. So we have firsthand experience uh, so we can help you uh, navigate that process and make sure that you're you're doing that in a way that gets you the best outcomes. Yeah, I would just reiterate the same value we bring when you're providing and preparing for your audit, but you inherit all of that. Remember, you continue to inherit that. So all that work you have to do in that every single year when you have to go through your re-audit, remember Rackspace is doing it as well, and you continue to inherit that, inherit the workload that we're putting in, you get to inherit all of that. So we become that extension, again, of your team and your, your efforts. Great. So how can working with Rackspace for my FedRAMP ATO also be beneficial for evaluating additional compliance revenue paths like CMMC and state ramp? So do you want to get us started on that? That's actually a good question. And it goes to kind of this, you know, this found this, this concept of uh, building a foundation, right? And then just building on top of a strong foundation, right? So uh, as you look at CMMC, uh, what's going on with CMMC and, and, you know, of course, we're waiting for DOD to, to kind of fully finalize out of those details. But we, you know, we do understand that they are looking into the concept of reciprocity with FedRAMP and, and how they can uh, make that effective, uh, not to create, you know, too much additional uh, strain there. Uh, and like I said, we've, of course, had conversations uh, with the with the working group on that to, to kind of help have discussions there. And so, you know, like I said, a major benefit, of course, is that at, at some point, uh, none of this work is in vain. Right. You're able to uh, leverage the existing investments that you've made and that we've made uh, to help you accelerate your compliance there. So like I said, we're still working on the details on CMMC, um, but, you, you know, everything that we've understood to this point is that we'll be able to build on uh, the things that we've already done to help uh, get us to those things faster. And then kind of the same thing with state ramp. Uh, and that's another kind of just major area there where you've seen the, you know, a lot of states start to adopt kind of that fed ramp construct and, and start to build it into their contracts. Right. Uh, and so now it's a it's huge movement uh, of state ramp where they kind of just doing it themselves and kind of wanting to kind of put their own flavor on it. And so 
Uh, that's another one of those areas that, of course, we see a lot of opportunity there uh, and that we're tracking. feel like it makes a lot of sense. And, and we absolutely feel like the, the investment in the foundation uh, that we have today with Fair Ramp is going to be well positioned to accelerate uh, compliance in those areas as well. But so do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Rackspace as a CMM CRPO? So, so Rackspace uh, is a registered provider organization, uh, meaning that we can definitely uh, help you from a uh, advisory perspective in terms of looking at level of CMC compliance you're targeting and working out and building a plan in on how you can achieve that. So that's something that we can definitely do. And of course, uh, just fits directly into our wheelhouse of kind of managed security, security and compliance today. Um, you know, of course, you know, we, we definitely are uh, monitoring CMC and tracking it, you know, as something that's going to have a massive impact on uh, the way the business is done with the Department of Defense. Katie Erickson has been very kind of vocal kind of on that. And how do we position the defense industrial base to uh, be able to continue to do uh, what they do in terms of servicing and providing uh, capability to the DOD, but doing that in a secure manner. Uh, and that's something that we're uh, definitely uh, ready and available to help uh, our customers start to prepare for, start to make sure they're well postured. And Mike, there's something interesting that I've heard you kind of in, uh, talk about in discussion. And there's so many incredible cloud solutions out there. And, you know, we look at advancing the mission of our public sector customers. And so it's incredible to be a part of that journey. But then as the solutions come to bear, uh, we've actually been able to work with some of those cloud solution providers as partners to help bring those solutions forward. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, so I, I think we have a great ecosystem partners, right? So when, when we have our partners come to us and we help onboard them and help them through their ATO process, the, the relationship and the journey doesn't just end with security compliance and FedRAMP, it moves on into the sales cycle. And so we have a full sales staff and sales team that are dedicated to say, hey, look, we want to not only just introduce you to our other sales partners that are obviously incentivized to make sure that you're successful, we want you to be successful. And so as we're doing our own calling of solicitations and needs uh, inside our federal agencies and federal government, we, we want to bring to bear this portfolio of our unique partners. And so we're always uh, excited when we get to talk to ISV partners because we know there's another potential to add them to our capability. So not only are you leveraging our capability, we're then going to in turn leverage your capability to present uh, a mission, uh, a solve for, for our government. That's a, I think that's a really great point. Um, you know, we have uh, definitely our really great partners uh, uh, at, you know, VMware and, and AWS. And that is, I think, a big point to, to ISVs that are, that are going to, you know, potentially work with us is that, you know, I always say there's, 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 there's something to be said for having, you know, third parties committed to your success. Uh, and that's what you get with, with Rackspace Government Cloud, right? You, we're committed to your success uh, and our partners are committed to, to, to your success. And so you have multiple third parties working on your behalf, you know, to, to help make sure that you are successful and that you that you stay successful. I think that cannot be kind of that cannot be understated. You know, I, I think right. that our, our ecosystem, the ecosystem that we've built is uh, second to none. Uh, and that entire ecosystem uh, is deployed in support of you, right. uh, which I think not a lot of people can say. All right. Well, we're almost out of time for this tech chat, but I wanted to go to you both, Mike and Zoe, for any final thoughts you'd like to leave off with today. Mike, do you want to get started with some final thoughts? Here's kind of where I'm at. 
I see a lot of people come because their eyes get big because they're seeing the money. And altruistic or not, I believe in the mission. I believe in the mission of the government. I believe in that, you know, it's the greatest country ever, and I want to support that. But, but the mission of, of you and your software and your business, I think, and I, and I truly believe this, mission will bring the money. And the question is, how do I better partner in this mission? And how do I better deliver this software? How do I better deliver it? I, and I'll never say fast, but I'll say faster. I'll never say cheap, but cheaper. How can they do that in such a way that, that allows our mission within our software, within our company, to help add value and add to the mission of our collective partner, our U.S. federal government? And so I look at it and say, look, if the mission really matters, if it matters to you, then let's partner together, let's expedite your mission, and let's expedite your value to mission by leveraging this, our, our Rackspace Inheritable Security Controls. Thank you. You know, as Mike said, I, we appreciate everybody coming out today and uh, spending some time with us. As a former DOD veteran, veteran of the intelligence community, I got to be honest, the government needs you. They need your solutions. Uh, they need your innovation. They need your ideas. They always have, and, and I think they always will. And I think now is a unique time uh, in history uh, where there's a, a lot of uh, opportunity and, and minds have been open to a lot of solutions where folks weren't really sure about cloud. They weren't really sure about SaaS solutions uh, and in the past year has really opened their eyes. Uh, and so I think that there's a tremendous opportunity for uh, folks to come in uh, with new technology and new ways of doing things and generate traction there. I used to always say, Across the government, right, there is somebody somewhere doing everything that you could think of, right? So, so no matter what space you're in, whether it's something that's super mainstream or not, there is some place in the organization that that piece of software, that technology is critical. And so uh, if you can get into this space and, and get fair ramp authorized and, and get your solution in a manner that that'll be available to, to them to to leverage, uh, I think that can only uh, provide great value all around. Thank you. Great. Well, I want to thank our awesome speakers, Lorenzo and Mike. Uh, fantastic discussion. I want to thank all of you for joining us today, taking time out of what we know is a very busy day for everyone. Uh, we really appreciate it. And on behalf of Rackspace Government Solutions and our entire team here at Rackspace Technology, uh, I hope you enjoyed our discussion and hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you all so much. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information on how Kerasoft or Rackspace can assist you, please visit www.kerasoft.com or email us at rgs at Thanks again for listening and have a great day.